and what I, what I want to be able to do to build on this, this, this new season that we're entering into, is to is look at Isaiah 65. Um, so I'd, I'd encourage you to turn to that. But before, before we dive into Isaiah 65, um, I want us to just, so we're in the, we're in the eighth month. So if we're, you know, honoring, if we're recognizing biblical months, we're in the eighth month. And, um, uh, you know, I've been looking at sort of the months, um, studying them and, uh, just kind of for all sorts of reasons, um, but it's interesting when you kind of think about, you know, the months that pass. Uh, you know, the first month is quite a major month. There's a lot that happens in it, Passover, etc. Um, you then have the whole, of, you know, and they and they largely follow, you know, the cycle of the of the year, an agricultural year. So in the spring you have the first of the month, and it's the gathering of of the, you know, there's like first fruits. So there's an initial showing of uh, of of um of fruit from the from the land um and then you have summer that goes through all the way through to the seventh month which we've just you know it's all just passed for us now um you know the seventh month being the whole of the gathering of of the year and and then we we come into the you know the eight come into the eighth month um but also in terms of a seasonal thing we come into the into the winter months, you know, that it gets darker, you know, the, the clocks have changed, you know, I, I, go, I go home from work now and it's dark and it's, you know, it's setting in and, um, yeah, there's a kind of a boo, you know, and then so, you know, what is winter? It's a bit kind of droll, isn't it? And so forth. But my suggestion is, is that the activity of the, of, of the, of the earth and, you know, the vigor of the earth and everything that's happened in the spring all the way through, you know, and now it's all, you know, we've got autumn and leaves falling and so forth. And, you know, that which has been produced in the earth is gathered in in the seventh month. Um, is now all kind of passing away and we're now looking towards, in a sense, the new a new beginning. And this is what, you know, eight has all sorts of meanings. Um, you know, just to kind of follow on from the idea of, you know, the seventh being the um, in gathering. You know, it talks about in say Psalm ninety. Uh, Moses talks about you know, a, a, you know, a person's years are seventy, and if with strength eighty. So sometimes it talks about that. And in, there are places in the Bible where it talks about, you know, that, uh, you know, the gathering of the crops spilled into the eighth month, you know, beyond the seventh month. But also eight is also talks about new beginnings. And, um, and this is what I really want to kind of build on because this is what we've been very much talking about. It's been very much the, the theme of the month that we've been through. And, um, you know, we'll go to Isaiah 65 in a minute, but just a few examples of the eighth month because there's not much, you know, as much talked about in the seventh month, much talked about in the first month, and a few of the others. Um, but there's a couple of examples. Um, you know, it was the start of Zachariah's ministry. So it says, in the eighth month, you know, the Lord came to Zachariah. Um, but also, I think one really uh, 
interesting one is um, Solomon. So building on from what uh, um, Ian talked about last week with the um, David's tabernacle. So, you know, David had this, had this tabernacle on a hill for some time, open-ended, and it showed a, a glimpse of the, the, what was to come. You know, the, and, um, you know, it was unhoused. But as time went on, it was set into David's heart to, to build a house for the Lord. But, he, but it wasn't him, it was his son, Solomon, who did so. And, you know, much of all of that work ha- uh, took place, and there was massive procession and a massive work done. Um, and it all culminated in um, a, a dedication of, of, of the temple. And that took place in the seventh month, and that's just passed. When they all went back, the Lord appeared to, to Solomon in the eighth month. And, he, and, he, and this, is the, this is the bit that we often quote, you know, uh, if, if my people call on my name, and I will hear their land. And he's, you know, it was, it was the Lord speaking to Solomon saying, now, okay, you've got this temple in the land, here am I now going to, you know, lay down what is, how is this going to work going forward? And so when we think about the kind of the winter months and, you know, it's like we're now starting, what, what's going to happen for the whole year ahead? You know, it's like the leaves are on the ground, but underneath the seeds are starting to think about how they're going to crop up for next season. And so this is it. We need to, you know, it's dark in the, it's coming dark in the earth. An opportunity to look up, look into the heavens, because that's where it's all starting for the next season, which will ultimately find its culmination and expression and fullness in the seventh month in, in, you know, this time next September, October. So the work starts now, the, the, the planning, the, 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 the asking of the Lord and, uh, the, um, the sort of the initial things. This is it now. This is the this is the starting place. Um, so let's turn to Isaiah sixty-five. Um, so my understanding of this chapter is it's one complete prophecy. Um, you know, obviously there's about twenty-five verses, and I'm not planning to go through it all. Um, so what I want to be able to do is just to summarize the first sixteen verses, and then we'll look in deep looking more detail at the last eight, so that's 17 to 25. Um, so the, Isaiah starts, so I'm going to split it down into three sections for summarizing the first part. And Isaiah is talking about the fact that God is speaking to his people, and he's saying, you know, here am, here am I, I'm, I've, I've had my arms open to you, and you continuously are rebelling against me. And, um, you know, his, the, the Lord's own people are, are, are rebelling in a whole number of ways. You know, they're turning to other gods. Um, one of the things to, um, to note about, uh, you know, the time of Isaiah is, you know, some of the kings were not, were some of the better kings. You know, the likes of Hezekiah and so forth. It's... It's like with the real despotic kings, that's when the actual prophets get killed off completely. 
Um, and so, you know, when we read Kings and say, oh, well, actually, they've improved, they made reforms and stuff. But when Isaiah is speaking a lot in his prophecies, as well as a number of the other ones, they come with quite sobering reports about the people and the, still the mindset. Because, you know, in each of these kings that are making reforms, often the kings are saying, ah, oh, yes, but they, didn't, they, they, they improved some things, but they weren't able to completely eradicate some of the um, idolatry that they were performing and so forth. And so, you know, as Isaiah starts with this in, in, in 65, we're talking about, you know, here I am day after day reaching out to you, but you're, you're rebelling. And he, and he speaks out to say, well, actually, I start to get found by another, other nations. And we know that, that what that, the result of that is. We go years years beyond, all the way into Acts, all the way into our day. And, you know, here we are, people, people from around the globe receiving the Lord and not just, you know, God's own people, as it were. And, and you know, as Andy was talking about earlier, you know, we're now in a place to be sort of provoking those, who, those natural branches, as, as, as we might call it. Being those, peop- being those people to come to the Lord as, 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 as much as we are uh, with the Lord. So that's verses 1 to 7 is very much of that kind of, um, you know, talking in that way. And then in verses 8 to 10, um, the, Lord t- the Lord talks about servants. So these servants start to emerge, my, my servants. I will say without any doubt, this is you and I. You know, we are his servants. And he, and he talks, it, it's funny because he's not talking about nations or anything like that. He's talking about some peoples that, that, uh, that emerge. And they, and they will do, they will, they're going to do what uh, the Lord wants. And they call them servants because, well, we'll see in a minute. But, you know, God's talking about creating new things. And, you know, his servants are going to be those agents to do that. Um, and then in the last sequence of um, the verses that we, we won't look at, it's, it talks about, so in 11 and 16, it talks about inheritance being granted to the, to the, to the servants, but the rebellious, those who would, might think they were going to inherit all these things, being denied. And, um, you know, there's a number of spiritual dimensions to that. We could talk about, you know, that time, um, we can talk about, you know, a time now where, you know, will it be that much of, the, much of Christendom really does inherit what they think they're going to inherit? Or, you know, is it, is it a case of falling away um, and inheriting nothing? So we can take this in on a hum- number of different levels. But that is kind of the backdrop for what we're going to go into, which is from verse 17. Because what I want to be able to talk about is, is what God does with his servants um, as his agents of change, as it were. And, um, and we're going to look at these verses. And, we're going to, I'm going to, and this is going to be a kind of building block for the new day that we're in. Yeah? So I want to read um, I, uh, Isaiah 7, um, from 
verse 17. So it says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things will not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for gladness. I will also rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. And they will no longer be heard in her the voice of weeping and the sound of crying. No longer will there be in, in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not live out his days. For the youth will die at the age of 100 and the one who does not reach the age of 100 will be fought accursed. They will build houses and inhabit them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They will not build and another inhabit, and they will not plant and another eat. For as the lifetime of a tree, so will be the days of my people. And my chosen ones will, be, will wear out the work of their hands. They will not labor in vain or bear children for calamity. For they are the offspring of those blessed by the Lord and their descendants with them. It will come to pass that they, that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will graze together and the lion will eat straw like the ox. And dust will be the serpent's food. They will do no evil or harm in all my holy mountains, says the Lord. So, I just want to, you know, when you start thinking about, you know, living long and, um, you know, animals sort of lying down together who, you know, one might eat the other and stuff, you start to say, okay, so that's some time beyond, yeah? You know, so, you know, we we believe here in, in a... Um, you know, Lord comes down and has, you know, will reign on this earth. And so, you know, many words, and we understand that to be a thousand years from, from Revelation. And so we often say, oh, well, a lot of this is, is millennial stuff. And, and then you just kind of put it over there and you say, oh, well, you know, all good when it comes, as it were. Um, but my suggestion in these you know, prophecy after prophecy that's spoken of in, in, in Scripture. It's almost like you could... I mean, I'm pretty mathematical and I think like this and stuff, but, you know, you almost have to think, like, take the prophecy where it is, okay, see it in its final point, and then draw a line, and then understand that we can get on that line, Yeah? we can get on that line and we can be part of build, making that prophecy happen. Yeah? It's not like, um, okay, okay, all right, good stuff, irrelevant, you know. We, and that's what I want to be able to sort of kind of bring home, really, is that he talks about these servants, he talks about these chosen people, he talks about these my people, these are, these are going to be the agents partnering with God to bring this about. And it's also a question of, like, well, how much of this can happen now? Start to happen now. 
So I want to have that, I want, I want, as we look through and go into detail, I just want you to have that in the back of your mind, that, you know, don't, don't just see it as this is a distant thing. You know, you could even say, well, you know, we talk quite um, frankly about things. You know, millennium might not be that many years away. Yeah? So let's have a look at the verse 17. It says, you know, uh, for behold, I create a new heavens and earth. So I want to look at what God is doing here. So I would suggest that this is happening at the moment. It's, it's still unfolding. This, he says, I create new heavens and the earth. And I would say that God is in, in a manner of doing this several times. There is there's this whole renewing process that happens in era after era. What Jesus, you know, remember Isaiah is so many hundred years before the time of Jesus. And, you know, what Jesus came and did, creating, bringing and, and being raised from the dead and bringing out a new community of people, that started a newness. And that, and that started a newness, you know, there, was a, there, was a, there would have been massive changes that would have happened in heaven as well as on the earth. And, and so when he talks about this, this, you know, I'm creating new heavens and a new earth, we have to see that there's, there's, there's Jesus that's happened, uh, has come the first time, and he's going to come again. And we know that, you know, in Revelation, we've talked, um, it's been talked about, you know, the major changes in, in the heavens that are going to happen before he comes back again. You know, Revelation 12 is an example, you know. Finally, Satan is booted out of heaven. That's a new heavens, yeah? Um, a new earth. Well, new earth will finally be the expression when the Lord comes back. But again, you can see that from the point that it comes out of the mouth of, of Isaiah, that work has been taking place, and we just need to get on board with it. The former things are no longer um, will be remembered or will come to mind. So, you know, again, um, what Jesus did with, with his perfect sacrifice, the power of the blood, yeah? Um, and, you know, to go to the full extent, right, right way through to that which is you know, needed for us personally, all the way through to that which he wants to do for the whole earth is, you know, he will sentence Satan, the devil, the, the adversary, you know, the person who will actually speak and remind God continuously of, you know, this thing or that thing will be removed from his sight completely and be destroyed. And so, when, we, when he says, you know, before I'll create a new earth and then a form of things will come to, not come to mind, you know, the, the far-reaching aspect of that is, is the doing away of, of the adversary. Of course, it's also talking about the fact that he wants to get his people right, yeah? He wants to get 
those who were near to, near to him at that time, um, as well as then, you know, his, the new people that, that came about in Acts, you know, the church and so forth, and, you know, us here now. Um, so we, you can see that it's gradually making its way out in concentric circles out, wider and wider and wider, so that when he's speaking like this, you know, at the end of it, the final eking words by the adversary is, 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 cannot be anything. Um, uh, uh, you know, there can't be any memory in any shape or form. So that's God's kind of intent. Um, you know, as I said, it starts with, starts with some really important things with Jesus uh, coming, um, making that perfect sacrifice. Um, but it becomes wider than that, and we become part, par- partnering with God in making that happen. Um, and just looking at verse 18, where it, sort of, where it says, For behold, I create Jerusalem for rejoicing, and her people for gladness. So God is, God is in the business of also creating this... Um, You know, again, I talk about ultimately the being millennial kingdom, a place where he's ruling, and it will be Jerusalem at the center. Um, and, you know, this will be a place of rejoicing and, and no longer affected by, you know, the works of the enemy and so forth. But it started again with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within us. And it's curiously because it all talks about the fact that, you know, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within us is an inheritance to this great, you know, great, um, you know, time when, um, you know, the, the Lord will rule and so forth. And so you have to see that some of these things that have come, you know, come into us, you know, the, the, the blood you know, Jesus, you know, raising us and being in us and the Spirit, all of those, like the little, you know, the very initial parts, and at the end of it is an outworking that, uh, you know, is over the whole earth. And uh, as you can see, you know, what are the stages in between? Well, this is, this is where we're at, yeah? You know, if, it, if it's a case of in the millennium and, and because of when the Lord's back, it's over the whole earth. What does that mean, this side of the Lord coming back? Does it mean places of, you know, praying for, ch- praying for countries to be redeemed? You know, maybe it's not the whole earth, but maybe redeemed places. Um, is it, you know, a case of what do churches look like? What do areas look like what do what do we do here what do we do for our own jurisdictions if you know what i mean you know how can some of these aspects that start within us um but have an that go beyond us how can we um make heaven on earth as it were uh, in in you know within various um smaller jurisdictions because you know, until the Lord comes back, we can't, you know, it won't be the whole earth, as it were. It's, you know, it's food for four, as it were. Um, uh, 
So I want to go on to, so this is that, that was what the you know, Lord's done in coming into us, you know, making provision for us. And I just want to now, you know, have a look at what he talks about the, the, these agents of, of change. So I call them agents of change. So in um, verse 22, um, uh, you can see that it speaks about my chosen ones. And um, you know, a way I was kind of picturing this is that yeah, we when it were to be these people that could partner with him um, to bring about this new creation, because uh, it's already started within us. We then to steward it within us, um, but it also then becomes you know beyond us. And um, I think the key key bedrock of it is um, you know our faith and obedience. You know, it's a quality within us to be able to say, well, we don't look with our own eyes. We don't just see what's out there and say, okay, you know, darkness is coming on the earth. It's just getting smaller and smaller. But knowing this prophecy and many other prophecies and seeing, you know, seeing it with different eyes and seeing that actually... You know, ultimately the earth is to be transformed and to be light. Um, but I see this place being transformed and into light. And so I think this is a quality that God's chosen ones need to have, is that, you know, I think it's, I think it's earlier in Isaiah when it's talking about Jesus, but it sort of says, you know, he won't, he won't, um, you won't judge by what he sees or, and, and so forth. You know, basically, he's, you know, he's seen the heart, but he's also seen, you know, he's seen in faith. He's seen in belief. He's, he's seen because of, uh, you know, that which has been promised. And so I, you know, we need to do the same. We need to be able to see in what is being promised. Um. And you know a lot has been promised in this in this in this chapter um, and you know in twenty three verse twenty three it talks about they are blessed by the Lord um, they are they are offspring of those who are blessed by the lord so i my my you know as these folk partner with the Lord and they they seek to be his agents of change you're going to get a whole provision of heaven it's going to be the whole support of heaven that comes because you are aligning yourself with you know scripture you know aligning yourself with what God wants to do you know even if it just seems like no way can I do this no way but it says, it's promised, it's promised. Even though I'm looking at darkness, I can, you know, I'm going to see that there's light. I'm going to see that it's going to be a way, way, way through. Because, and, and by having that, I, my, my belief is that the Lord will bless that. He will make provision. He will, he will bring angels down to, 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 to part the ways, as it were. And, and it goes on in, in verse 23 to talk about, and, and you know, and their descendants also. My suggestion would be that, you know, when we talk about 
descendants of, of us, um, you know, could be natural children, uh, you know, those you've mentored, uh, you know, I would suggest that it's, it's how we work here, you know, you, you, we're, we're journeying, aren't we? We're, we're, we gather around and we support each other and so forth. You know, it starts with something and then, you know, others come in and support. So there is a kind of, uh, you know, a, it create, you're creating something. So when, when you're like going, okay, I want to do something in the Lord that's, that's in his plan, you know, people come around, people, people come to support. And that, um, my suggestion is that is part of what he's talking about when he says descendants. Um, so let me just uh, turn the page. I think one of the things, um, you know, he wants to just bless us. He wants to, you know, bless us and rejoice in us, rejoice in our, um, you know, the times that we're rejoicing. And, and he wants to sort of be with us in the times of our mourning as, you know, as people that want to uh, be part of transforming. He's going to come and, you know, be with us in our victories and he's going to be there in our in our difficulties. And... Um, you know, in verse 19, it says, I will rejoice in my people. And I just kind of thinking like, well, you know, that, that's kind of like today in some ways. We were, we were doing that. I was reflecting on this. I was thinking, yeah, you know, we're, 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 we're a bunch of people that want to do the do the Lord's business and you know he knows what we need you know we need that time when we, we got our head down to do stuff and change things but he wants us to you know there's times when you just want to kind of you know move around and you know just celebrate life and stuff and I, I think he you know he's there with that and 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 yeah, it's a beautiful thing. So that, that was one of the things I, I felt was, was quite evident this morning. Um, and another thing is, is that in verse 24, it talks about... And this is really cool, I think. Um, it says, I will come... I will come... Um, I'll come... It will come to pass that before they call, I will answer... And while they're still speaking, I will hear. And I just thought, yeah. You know, it's even like before you even th- thought about it, he knows, yeah? It's, uh, you know, even before you're sort of trying to make make sense of it, he's already kind of understanding. And uh, I just think... You know, it's kind of covering over our slowness. So we're we're wanting to to get on this this trajectory. We want to get in this right place, but you know, we can be slow to get there. And you know, it's almost like covering over our ignorance as well. Um, yeah. So if we you know come with the right heart. I, I think there's so, there's just so much grace there. We just want to be. 
yeah, I want you know, you know, reading ISI sixty-five, or I just want to have my place in building this. But I don't fully understand everything. You know, I'm reading it now. Maybe I should have read it two years ago or something. You know, I'm behind. But he knows. He's already maneuvered things around. He's already started to get things going even before I've started to kind of work it out. Um, and I, I just think that's a beautiful thing because, you know, it's not about us doing anything in our own strength, isn't it? So there are so many, so I've talked in blessings in so many kind of ways, but it goes on. So in, 20, in 20, the verse before, 23, this is a, this is a massive verse as well. Um, they will not labor in vain or bear children for calamity. And, you know, I just... I'm thinking about this in a whole number of ways. Um, you know, everyone has, you know, family that has difficulties and things like that. Um, but, you know, all of our endeavors, we might make mistakes. Um, but I've just written down... Um, we won't labor in vain. You know, we, you know, we'll have to labor. It's like, you know, we'll, we'll endure. We have to endure. We have to suffer. We have to take, we have to toil. You know, so it's not like it's a free ride, but it will be worth it. Yeah. And nothing is wasted. Um, and, you know, when we talk about sort of, you know, um, you know, bear children for calamity. It's we've got to say no to like curses over our lives, you know, agreement agreement to any kind of cursing or you know things that might be a something that permeates generation or generation. You know, we need to sort of say no to that. We need to say no. You know, what I what do I endeavour to do and what I want to, you know, what I put my hand to, you know, with a good heart, you know, the Lord is wanting to bless that, you know, it's not made for cursing, so, you know, we need to see our lives as not being mistakes or errors or dogged down by, uh, you know, this or that. You know, it might be quite natural to to think that way, but that and but it's lies. Um, even if it might be quite convincing lies, maybe you know, even maybe psychologists and doctors can say certain things. You know, we need because of what this says. Yeah, because of what this says, it can't be the case. They both can't be true, and so you know, when we talk about You know, our work, what we what we endeavouring to do, is not for calamity. Yeah? It's not for doom. It's with a good heart. We are 
doing the Lord's business. And it might be roundabout things. It might be around about, you know, we might make errors and stuff, but it can all be redeemed. And, you know, we need to get on board with the fact that we're about the God's business and he's putting a lot behind us to do it. Yeah? Verse 22. As a lifetime of a tree, so my servants will be. I was thinking about this. Um, you know, our works will be established, yeah? They'll be established in eternity. You know, the good works that we do. Um, and it will have an him- impact on the history of this world. You know, to talk in terms of, uh, you know, being a you know, living out a life of a tree, you know, trees go deep down to the earth, yeah, compared to, you know, sort of a reed that just kind of floats and gets brushed away and in in the wind. Um, so we need to see that our, what we're endeavoring with the Lord, what we're, you know, as we align ourselves with his, you know, prophecies and and and, and find our place in it, you know, Nothing's wasted, but also it, it goes deep down into into eternity. It goes deep down into the history of this world. Yeah, there might be big, you know, might be big players in this world, and the world might celebrate a certain way, but that's all going to pass. And in um, you know the final part of twenty two, it says, the, "My servants will wear out the work um, work work of their hands." Um, you could take that the wrong way and just say, "Oh well, they're just I'm just gonna you know <laughs> uh, just use them use them to the to the umph degree and uh, you know they're exhausted and stuff um but i, I what I think it is well the picture I was getting was you know we are we're just gonna be busy we're gonna be busy busy with the the lord's business yeah um and we need to see that. We need to see that we, we should never ever see see ourselves as like we're not used by the Lord. We we're just going to get. Uh, when I say busy, I'm not saying that you know. Then you're kind of like no time spending with the Lord or anything like that. That's that is the busyness, you know, of 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 the time. If you know what I mean. Um, but it's yeah, He's going to put us to you know full use. You know the. The parable of the uh, um, I can't remember what it was the the power of the sower isn't it sort of thirty sixty hundredfold yeah you know he's going to full it he's going to use us to the full that's what he wants to do um, and just in just the final kind of thing about the you know the blessing on it on, on on us as as his agents you know partnering with god is going to be a it's a joy yeah it's a joy it's a, and it's um so in in 18 it talks about verse 18 it says be glad and rejoice forever in what i create for behold i create jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for gladness I will also rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. And there will no longer be in, be heard in her the voice of weeping and the sound of crying. 
So there becomes a joy. There's a joy in that, you know, being a partner in that kind of redempt, redemptive work that God wants to do. Yeah, that redemptive work of, of you know, transforming somewhere from a place of of, of suffering and and um, and pain into a place of joy and, and celebration. So, you know, if, and that's. That's what he's encouraging us to be, you know, to be a part of. Um, so, you know, with all of that, it's just having that inner peace with, with the Lord, so that you know whatever is going on, whatever situation you, you know, encounter, you know, you've got that relationship, you've got that inner peace, but there is that, that sense that when you go in, you know. The Lord has all is is all behind you. You've got you're going in with with His Word, and you've got the vision of of the transformation that's happening ahead. You know, it's a joy then just just say, you know, bring light into that place because you know that that's what God is wanting to do. And so, I just want to then conclude with these kind of three aspects that that seem to be um, uh, you know, potentially more millennial, as you might say. Um, but again, I want to remind you that you want to you know, think about them in terms of what they might look like now. What might these three aspects that I'm going to paint, um, what might they look like now? within, say, our jurisdiction. I'm going to use that word, so I'm not going to say churches or, or kingdom or something like that. I'm just going to say jurisdiction. Um, so if, first one to look at is in verses 21 to 22. So it's a, you know, it reads like this. Um, they will build houses and inhabit them. They will also plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They will not build and another inhabit, and they will not plant and another eat. So, I would suggest that we're extremely lucky in this country and in this time because, um, you know, we can buy houses and you generally get to keep it. You know, there's a rule of law that exists. There's respect of property rights and stuff. But all over the world broadly and for, for, for history's past um, that's not been honored there is injustice all sorts of, in sorts of ways there are, there are tyrannical regimes that exist you know much of the world operates on bribery and and so forth and you know so when you actually read these bits where it says you know because uh, I was reading this I was thinking well, yeah, I can buy a vineyard and I can plant and I can buy a house and or I can build a house, you know, and I can do it. And in, on the whole, it does happen. Um, it, you know, I, no one comes along and steals it. But in Isaiah's time, you know, there are there are wars and people come in and take. Um, but also, you know, yeah, I was reminded that for large parts of the world, you know, these this privilege is it, it, it is not really there. It's it, it, people, you know, continuously live in, in, you know, a situation where, you know, 
a lot of injustice kind of prevails all the time. But my suggestion is that the world that, you know, the, 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 where we are at the moment is something that's starting to fade. Yeah? It's starting to fade a little bit. So we, we've got like a little glimpse of, you know, things being the right kind of way when we, when we look at those particular verses. Um, You know, what would it look... So one thing to, to realize is that when we paint this trajectory all the way through to into, uh, into the millennium, you know, and the Lord coming back and, ret- and returning, there is something to get in the way of that beforehand, yeah? There is this rule of the Antichrist. There is this enemy that's going to come up. It's going to be coming, getting right in the way of things like you know, property rights, you know, taking, taking our, uh, you know, jobs, taking away our, our um, you know, houses and so forth. You know, there is this danger, isn't there? Because, you know, it talks in Revelation, no, no longer buy or sell. So there is this kind of injustice potentially coming, you know, against the people of God. And so, you know, you know much of our... You know what? What? What does that? What are we going to do? Kind of things. And you know, is it a case that there are safe jurisdictions? Is there a case of um, uh, you know places of of refuge, that sort of thing? I suggest there probably is, but um, you know, it may be that when we read these verses, they they become, you know, we might say, fine, great, you know, plant vineyards and stuff like that, but it might actually be a massive thing. In, 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 in the time to come uh, that that these verses are maintained for God's people um, so I'll, I'll leave that there but um, another aspect let's have a look at verse 25 so there's the last verse uh, it says the wolf and the lamb will graze together and the lion will eat straw like the ox and the dust will be the serpent's food and they will do no evil or harm in all my mountain, says the Lord. So we know in Romans 8, you know, it says creation is waiting for this manifestation of the sons of God. So there is something. So we, again, you know, think about drawing this line between when Isaiah says, says it and, you know, what we might regard this as a kind of future event. But, you know, what's in between? And what, what, what can we do now that, that might bring this to pass? I actually do not know the answer. I don't know what it looks like. Um, love, love animals as much as people. Love nature as much as people. I, I, I think it starts there. I think it starts there. Um, but, yeah, I don't... I don't know. Maybe it's a case of like we just focus on the Lord, and we and he and he transforms us and and the world that we're around, and this starts to manifest. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Maybe it is something that just happens, in in you know, when the Lord returns. But I don't know. Um, but it's an interesting one, and um, you know, it's a couple of 
pick up points on here. Uh, you know, the, sa- the, the serpent, you know, only has dust to eat. Um, you know, serpent's often associated with the devil and, um, you know, all that he has left to, 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 to devour is, is the dust, the, you know, that worthless stuff. You know, we had today of, you know, attack on people's heads and stuff. You know, we want, we pray that we want to get to a place where, you know, he can't get us of any, at any, at any level, but, but just merely the dust on the, on the ground. Um, so we know that we want to move forward in, in that as well, that, that we don't give way to the devil in any shape or form and that, you know, we're becoming stronger and stronger and so that we get to a point where, you know, the only way they can really get us, well, not even get us, but it's it's the dust on the ground. Um, and the last one then is the um, is in verse 20. Uh, so it reads like this. No longer will there be an infant who lives a few days or an old man who does not live out his days. For the youth will die at the age of 100 and the one who does not reach the age of 100 will be fought cursed. So, you know, it's like a kind of regeneration that's happening, yeah? And I would suggest that, again, why can't this start now? Yeah? In Romans 8, again, it talks about spirit giving life to our mortal bodies. It's interesting, it talks about, so when we, when we think about this in the millennium kind of context, he said, say, it still talks about people dying. So the actual people that it's actually really talking about is, the, is, the, is those nations that survive the Great Tribulations that are people that will survive um, and they are judged on, their, on their, how they treat Israel and so forth. But they, um, they come through and there are, so they actually remain um, natural people that come into the millennium. But one of the aspects of that rule is that you know ages start to increase um you know it's always an interesting one to look at you know look at genesis where you know you read about adam and then you read about some of the generations afterwards you get this kind of you know the 900 years 800 years 600 and you see it sort of gradually going down you know, and it you know comes down. You know, I think Moses was like 150 or something like that. But you know, you've got um, so you can see that that is then reversing back up. Um, you know, and I would suggest that you know some people are living potentially the the whole of that period of time. Um, so that's kind of the picture in there. But again. You know, we talk about, you know, Andy's talked about raising from the dead and stuff, and stuff, and uh, you know, and uh, life coming in, and you know, people's 
people not seeing death and so forth. So we need to, and we can, and we, you know, we can see it. We can see, you know, it's spoken about in scripture. So we know it's a trajectory. It's a know, we know it to be something that we can align with. So in conclusion, I just want us to, I just want to encourage you to, as you see, you know, go ahead into the winter months, but see that there is a new, new beginnings happening. Um, is to see that, you know, towards that new age, yeah, that new age. I want to, I want to, but I want to encourage you to do it, you know, like the words that Jesus said when he said, you know, no one can, no one can enter into the kingdom of God unless, unless, unless they're a, like a little child. And, you know, what's it like to be kind of like, you know, a young child? It's like no baggage, you know, it's no holding about the past. It's no, bad, it's no about, you know, acceptance of, of past things and stuff. You know, applying some of the things that have been said today uh, and, and putting, them, putting them aside, you know, saying no to the lies and so forth. And just, ha- just going, going afresh into, into, these prophe- into this promise um, like a child with no, no baggage. But also to have simple faith, just to, just to trust, yeah, because it, cause, cause it says so, fine. That's it. doesn't matter what's going on doesn't matter if this is going on here or there but because it says so i'm going to i'm going to i'm just going to believe and also just to have just to be pure hearted yeah in 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 just to um yeah it's like I'm just one of many, many, and I want everyone else to join me. It's not like I want to be the big king in the big, in the big new world. No, I, I'm just wanting everyone else to come in. I just want everyone else to, to come along for this. I don't want anyone lost. I don't want anyone left. Um, And I just think that's, you know, totally aligning with what, what God wants to do. So that's it, everyone. That's it. I, want, I hope that was uh, a blessing. And, yeah. Amen.